Thank you for joining us today for TEDCO Talks, a new series featuring thought leaders in economic development from across the state of Maryland. Join TEDCO CEO, Troy Lamel Stovall, in thought-provoking conversations with regional leaders about the future of Maryland's innovation ecosystem. In this episode, Troy is joined by Marty Rosendale, CEO of the Maryland Tech Council. Listen now to learn more about Marty and the role he plays in supporting Maryland and DC's entrepreneurial community. Hello everyone, it's Troy Lamel Stovall, the CEO and Executive Director of TEDCO. I want to welcome you again to another edition of TEDCO Talks and I, am, I can't be more excited than I am today with our guest today, uh, Marty Rosendahl, who is the, uh, the leader and one of our tech leaders here uh, and leads the Maryland Tech Council. And I've gotten to know Marty over these last, my last few weeks here. Uh, a tremendous leader, a tremendous individual, uh, and just so excited to be able to have a chance to chat with him for a few minutes. So Marty, thanks for being here today. Troy, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So Marty, just tell us a little bit about you know, your journey and how you kind of got to the Maryland Tech Council. Sure, I'd be happy to. So, so Troy, first of all, I'm an engineer and a microbiologist by training. My father was a serial entrepreneur in injection molding, and he taught me tool design engineering um, when I got out of high school. Um, but I used that. My passion was always in biology and microbiology, so I used that uh, skill to put myself through college. And once I got through college, I got into biotechnology, worked for life technologies for a while, got into senior management, came up the ranks through through the commercial side of business, um, became the CEO of a couple of biotech companies, two of them here in Maryland. And then uh, about, I guess it's been about six years or so ago now, um, I decided to start uh, advising other CEOs. And then two years ago, the board of the Tech Council asked me if I would be willing to take on the role of CEO of the Maryland Technology Council. And that's what brings me here. Gotcha, and we appreciate your leadership. Um, speaking of that time when you were doing that consulting, you know, and, and the work that you do with, uh, with TEDCO, we'll, we'll cover all of that here. Um, talk to me about some of that counsel that you gave some of those CEOs uh, and how germane is that in this, this time that we're in today uh, battling COVID? Well, um, CEO advisory, advisory work can take all kinds of forms. Everything from, you know, helping CEOs work on M&A transactions, helping them with strategy, sometimes helping them pivot if their original plan doesn't seem to, seem to be working out uh, as, as it was planned to in, initially. Um, and with respect to, to now during, during the pandemic, um, a, a lot of the companies that I'm talking to now are dealing with uh, um, a, a number of issues. Some of them are very positive, right? Some of them are companies that have become a part of the response to COVID-19. And so the opportunities in front of them are tremendous. And, uh, and others are, are less positive. Some of them, some companies found that they were attempting to raise capital as the pandemic hit and investors became much more risk averse at that point. Um, or their pipeline dried up because all of a sudden their, their business to business uh, salespeople couldn't make sales calls. Or if they were part of their supply chain came from overseas, they found that all of a sudden their supply chain was interrupted. So, so there are a, a number of issues that that companies are facing, and we, the Tech Council, are doing everything we can to help the companies get through this. Talk about some of those things the Tech Council is doing, and 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 you see the role of Tedco in some of that as well. 
Well, yeah, certainly, you know, Ted, Tedco, first of all, is an amazing organization. And uh, it's great to see you at the helm, Troy. I know we, we've had the opportunity to work together already, which has been tremendous. Um, and, and as far as our relationship with Tedco, you know, I think most, if not all of the Tedco portfolio companies are members or have been members of the Tech Council. So there's a, a lot of overlap there. And, and we work with Tedco, we, pro, we provide, uh, we provide uh, mentoring services, we pro, provide educational opportunities. A, a big part of what we do is um, connecting companies. So we try to connect CEOs and, and, and leadership of companies to, to their peers, to investors, to strategic partners. And we do that in, in a number of ways. We do that through our events, we do that through direct you know, one, one-to-one introductions. So a lot of what we do is, is help our companies and your companies make those kinds of connections. And then because we're a 501c6 membership organization, we also do a lot of advocacy. So we work with our legislators. And, and to me, um, advocacy is a two-way street. So we advocate on behalf of our members to the legislators, but we also bring the legislators' messages back to our members because it's, it's important that they understand what the legislators are dealing with as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. All great stuff. So, you know, you, 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 as we talked, you know, we joked about the first time you and I had a chance to chat, I asked you what the definition was of technology. Right. <laughs> and and um, your answer was, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I'm, I'm, I want to frame it just a little differently. You know, as we, as, we, as we think about, Marty, see if you agree with this point, as we think about what we're going to do after COVID, you know, COVID is changing so many of our societal norms, so many things that we thought were normal are going to get changed, you know, and not whether, mm-hmm. forget whether what the vaccine will or will not appear. Uh, and so the question really is, how do you see the role of technology helping um, us as a society and most specifically Maryland economically uh, traverse this, this, this chasm that we're in right now? Well, in so many ways. I mean, we could we could spend the, the whole conversation, the, the whole time here, talking about this one issue. I think, um, you know, techno- technology is a part of everything that we do today. Mm-hmm. You know, we we all walk around with smartphones in our pockets. We we right now we're doing this video cast over our computers. I mean, it's, it's become a part of everyday life. And with the pandemic, it's that that process of becoming more technologically oriented has has moved faster right so so now we're all working from home we're all working remotely we're all we're all having virtual meetings and so so that process has has sped up it's it's moving faster as we come out of this i think what we're going to find is a lot of this is going to stick now mm-hmm. not all of it you know so some of it was we, we certainly you know we're all dying to get back to the office we're all dying to see our friends and our colleagues and 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 work closely with people it's just human nature we need that social contact but a lot of this is going to stick. The fact that we've learned that we can work effectively over virtual meetings, um, so there's likely to be less travel as a result. Um, we, we'll need less office space because we can have more employees working from home. Um, I, I think you know, there's been an amazing improvement in virtual meeting platforms just over the last few months, right? And that's gonna make it even easier to continue with this kind of technology. But in addition, you know, there, there's the cybersecurity aspect of this. So keeping ourselves and, and, and our families safe from a cybersecurity perspective. So cybersecurity is going to be an important part of this going forward. And then, you know, with respect to, to other aspects of technology, here, here in Maryland, we are, 
we are developing what may be the, the world's largest and most um, fascinating, I guess is a, is a good word, cluster of quantum computing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's going to be a, an amazing development in technology and certainly a, a big development for the, the economy here in Maryland. And then on the, on the life sciences front, we are, we are learning so many lessons right now about how we can develop technologies for therapeutics, for vaccines. We are, here in Maryland, we probably have the largest and most sophisticated vaccine cluster, vaccine development cluster in the country. And that's being proven by the amount of Operation Warp Speed funding that's coming into Maryland to develop the COVID-19 vaccine. But in the process, we're learning how, how we can collaborate better together, how we, can, how we can work better together, how we can work with the government agencies to expedite the regulatory process, how, how, we, can, how we can improve the development process without taking any shortcuts with respect to safety. So we're just so many lessons are being learned during this time that I think are gonna stick with us as we go forward. I, I, you know, I couldn't agree more. I think in, you know, one of the things I think you and I have talked about is, this, is the role that technology is going to play in innovating our way. Like you just talked about how we're going to innovate our way out of this um, mm -hmm. and, and ability to, because if, if, if all we're talking about is, is starting or restarting what was, then we've missed this opportunity to, to rethink what could be. Uh, right. And just like 9-11 changed how we thought about air travel and air security, as you just mentioned, COVID is changing a lot of things, but one of the things that is changing is how we think about the notion of collaboration and meeting and the like. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to me, that's a transition to the work that you and I spent a lot of time on these last month or so. You know, as we think about what co one of the things that COVID has exposed, right, is, that, is the, is the uh, social injustice that, that, is, that has been in our society for, for more right. than a minute. And so once you tell folks a little bit about this effort that you, you've definitely been leading us around, around diversity and inclusion and how technology can help with that. Well, it, it, it was an interesting path for me because when the, when the national dialogue um, escalated to the point where it is today, you know, over the last six, seven months, I began to wonder what, what role does an industry association play in in inclusivity, diversity, and, and equity. And so I started talking with members, board directors, um, other, other peers um, throughout the state. And I found that there were a handful of people that I talked to. I know there's a, there's a lot more, but there were a handful of people that I talked to that were very thoughtful, very mission-oriented, and, and, and had some really good ideas about what, what could be done. And, and one of them was, the, how, do, how do we offset the fact that technology has compounded the problem over the years? Right? So, so as technology has grown, access to technology has been a problem. And access to the, or lack of access to technology has contributed to the, the technological divide, the social divide, the economic divide. And so how do we turn that around? How do we apply technology and, and improve the situation? And, and the example that I like to use, and I know you've, you've heard this example before, but you know, we've been moving towards a cashless society for quite a while now, but the pandemic has, has moved us in that direction much faster. I don't, I don't know about you, Troy, but I haven't reached to my wallet and touched a dollar bill in nine months. Exactly right. Now, now exactly. so if you think about that, we're, we're becoming a cashless society. If you're not bankable, or you don't have access to technology, 
you're going to be excluded from the economy. And we just can't have that. That's just not acceptable. And so, so a, a group have come together. And, and certainly when I met you, you know, you're, you're, you're in that category of thoughtful, mission-oriented. Um, you know, you're, you're right there with this, with this group that we put together. And, and so now we're coming together and we're looking at how can we apply technology to help, to help resolve this problem. And then, of course, there's been a very interesting um, fallout, I guess, or side benefit to this discussion. And that has to do with workforce. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we've had a lot of conversations in this state about the fact that our state is very diverse. But our workforce, not so much. So, so how do we how do we fix that? How do we make our look our workforce look like the population of our state? And so, so as we're working through these issues, and we're talking with the, the public school systems, we're talking with the universities. How do how do we, and, and of course, you know, my charter is technology and life sciences. So, how do we get more young people interested in in these types of fields and show them the the opportunities ahead of them? And, and I think that's a, a really good side benefit of not only the conversation, but the actions that we're taking here. And what's, what do you see as kind of the end goal? What do you see as, if you know, if, you could, if Marty could kind of crystal ball this, what does that look like for, for Maryland? Well, you know, from a, a diversity inclusivity perspective, to me, it, it means that the workforce looks like the state, right? The workforce is as diverse and as, as the state is and so so that's part of it um but you know i've i've felt for a long time throughout my career as a leader that diversity is critical to leadership and uh, a friend recently said to me uh, she said if your inner circle is not diverse neither is your perspective yep exactly and if you don't have a diverse perspective you're not going to be competitive in the marketplace. And so part of the outcome here is we need to see our leadership teams show diversity. We need, we need the, our, our leaders, our CEOs, our executives need to have input from a diverse inner circle because it will make them more competitive. And if our, if our companies become more competitive, our leadership teams become more competitive, as a state, we all win. No, that's great. I love that, Marty. It's nothing I can add or take away from that. But I think, but I know you're right. It's it's creating a diversity of thinking uh, and allowing that diversity of thinking to to to, and it's not just having it available, right? But it's creating a culture that people can feel like they can make those different points of view, and those different points of view are are, are listened to, and not always accepted, but at least listened to and integrated into into what the thinking of for that whatever that company is. Absolutely. That, that diverse, frankly, diversity is meaningless if it doesn't if, if it isn't accompanied by inclusivity. Absolutely correct. So, sticking on this COVID for a minute, talk to me about how 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 COVID and, and the response and how we're moving has affected the the tech council in terms of its operations, in terms of its strategy. What have you had to think differently? Uh, you know, when you started the year, you know, you start off twenty twenty, I'm sure, with a plan, and you get two months into it. And that plan is no longer any good. That's right. That's right. So, so, so no, no, no plan survives first contact with the enemy, right? That's, <laughs> exactly. that's kind, of, kind of what this feels like. Well, you, so you're right. We started off the year with a plan. Um, we, we had a good plan. We, we, we'd been growing. When, it, when, when I became the CEO of the Tech Council, the, the Tech Council was having some, some troubles. 
so the, in the first year we got the, we got those under control we got the the organization on on good footing and fortunately for us troy because we were so focused on cash management and resilience and and the things that we needed to do to recover the organization. And when we went into the pandemic, we were very strong. Yeah. And, and so it put us in a good position. We haven't had to furlough any staff. We haven't had to make any reductions. In fact, we've grown through the pandemic, wow. um, which, which has been great for us, great for our members, and, and, and I think great for the state and, and the economy as well. But, but we have had to pivot like everybody else. On, on March 18th, which happens to be my wedding anniversary, we, we had to send the staff home. Everybody had, had, had to go home, right? It was, time, it was time to shut down. It was time to, to, to self-isolate. Um, but we found that it was very easy for us to pivot to the virtual world. Um, all the staff went home, took their laptops. Uh, we began having Zoom meetings, and that pivot was very easy for us. And then um, we have an amazing staff. Our staff went to work immediately looking, looking at and thinking about, so, so how, do we, how do we maintain our mission? How do we maintain our charge in a virtual environment? And they started looking at different platforms and, and how to incorporate those platforms in our events. And, and we've, been able to, we've been able to continue our networking. We've been able to continue our events. And, and, and in fact, our, our events have grown throughout this. Our, our, our signature events, our key events, will typically attract 500 to 600 people mm -hmm. to an event. We held our industry awards celebration um, just a few weeks ago, and we live streamed it, and there were 2,000 people live streaming that event. Wow, wow. By the, time, by the time yeah. we got done. So, so our team has managed to find the right platforms, learn those platforms, incorporate them in, into our event planning and processing. So, so we've been able to continue to provide that value and support for our members throughout all of this. How do you, what do you see, well, you've just said already, there's gonna be elements of this that's gonna stay. So what parts of that do you see potentially staying, you know, as we move back to actually seeing, doing these interviews face to face, which parts of the elements you think may, may have a stickiness to them? Well, so, so for instance, doing these interviews face-to-face, -face, um, I, started, I started our podcast, Capital M, two years ago, and it started out as, a, as an audio podcast, and it was recorded in, a, in an audio recording studio, and we, we managed to build up a really nice following. Our, our focus was on access to capital in the region. And now with the, with the pandemic, we've switched to a live video podcast. Oh, wow. And as we as we go forward, I think that we're we're not going to want to lose that video component. So so part of it's going to be you know we're not going to have to do it remotely like we're, like you and I are doing right now. We'll both be able to be in the same studio, but it, it still makes sense to do it as a video recording versus simply a an audio recording because then we can publish it both in just audio or or video. And so, so those kinds of things are going to stick. For, for us at the Tech Council, I see our events will, will continue to incorporate a, an aspect of live streaming. So, so we're finding, you know, another, another great example, our bioinnovation conference, we went international this year mm. because by, by having this virtual component, the geographic boundaries all fall down. And so we had 100 participants from outside the country at our bioinnovation conference this year. 
And, and those kinds of things will stick. Those, those pieces will stick. So even when we come back and we, we can meet face to face, I can tell you our staff are already thinking, how do we live stream the talks? How do we live stream the events? How do we, how do we incorporate both the face to face meeting component and a virtual meeting component at the same time at a conference? That's going to be cool. That's, and you know, one of the things I talk about, we just, I just mentioned it, you know, this definition of normal is going to change for us, right? You know, you know, you and I both old enough to remember pre 9-11, you could get on a plane five minutes before the dumb plane took off. But, you know, right. post 9-11, you know, you had to go through security, you had to take your shoes off and all that. And that, that was defined as normal. And so we're going to have a norm, a new normal that's going to emerge out of this. And I think you're right. The, how we leverage technologies uh, will be germane. I'm convinced that the, the, five day a week in the office model probably is not going to be the model for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. There are going to be people who will platoon and, uh, and, and there will be people who will find a way to work uh, remotely. You've already seen that. I think I saw a report that um, the housing stock on the Eastern shore is, is, is becoming depleted because mm -hmm. people are recognizing they can work from anywhere. And so people are moving. Uh, there's a de-urbanization that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. uh, that's happening. And so, so I think you're hundred percent right. Well, look, Marty, as we, as we kind of come to a close, talk to me, let's talk a little bit more about our relationship and more our organization's relationship and, and TEDCO and, uh, and how we clearly we have this diverse initiative that I'm working on, but TEDCO is clearly a part of it as well, but other ways in which you see TEDCO and the tech council working together, particularly in, in, in helping Maryland recover from the, uh, from the pandemic. Well, so, so first of all, TEDCO is a vital component of the innovation ecosystem in Maryland. There's no, no question about it. The, the investment dollars is part of it, but also the, the, the consulting work that you do, the, the mentoring work that you do, all of those support pieces. Um, the legislation that was passed in the last general session that, that creates a, a technical support component for companies that seek SBIR grants. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be critical going forward. And, and I've already um, positioned with Delegate Chi that there's an opportunity to expand on that program. When we, if, we, if we can help companies, if we can help companies access SBIR grants, well, why can't we help them prepare for the capital markets, which is going to be the next step beyond the, the SBIR grants. Absolutely. So, so that kind of support, for for the the young companies is is absolutely critical and and i see our relationship as as certainly you know very much in, in alignment with one another so as, as the companies graduate from tedco as or as the companies are as you invest in them and, and and move them forward well we also have tools through our venture mentoring service that can help companies prepare for the capital markets, help companies prepare for commercialization. Yep. So, so it's very much a synergistic um, partnership, if you will, in how we can help these companies, help move them forward, help prepare these leadership teams for the, for the things that they're going to face downstream. And I think I've spoken to you about this, but just so our listeners can hear it as well. I mean, one of the things we're trying to reposition Tedco around is uh, those consultants and services that you mentioned, that they're not just for Tedco portfolio firms, but for anybody. I mean, our goal is to truly grow this thing that we keep calling the ecosystem and this innovation culture here in Maryland. And, it's, and so it's not just about Tedco, it's about networking and, and, and agreeing and, mean, and, and collaborating with others. One of the definitions, might I say, of a, of a well-functioning ecosystem is that the degrees of separation between any two people and any two organizations has been minimized. 
And so that's right. what we're supposed to be able to do is minimize those degrees of separation, or as I like to say, make, make orbits collide. How do you make orbits collide uh, is mm-hmm. what we want to do. Well, look, my friend, thank you for your time. I really, really appreciate you. Any, any closing comments or thoughts uh, for, for our audience? Troy, I'd just like to say uh, one, one thing that I, I would like to include here is, is just quickly on access to capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's a big part of what you do. It's a big part of what we do for our members. And I, I, I just want to remind people that the capital markets are an international, international market. And the more that we can do to help our leadership teams pre- prepare for those markets, the better off they're going to be, the better off the, the business ecosystem is going to be, the innovation ecosystem is, is going to be. And so I want to thank you for all the support and everything that you're doing in, in that world. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to, to be on this video podcast with you. Well, I appreciate you. And again, Marty, thank you, Marty, with the uh, Maryland Tech Council, uh, a true, the true definition of a partner, a true definition of someone who truly cares about the innovation ecosystem here in Maryland. So I want to thank you for your, for your service and your time today. Again, this is Troy Lamel Stovall with TEDCO signing off with another TEDCO Talks. Thanks again, Marty. Great. Thank you, Troy. Thanks again for listening. And a special thank you to our guest, Marty Rosendell, for joining in today's discussion. For more information on TEDCO and its activities, check us out at www.tedcomd.com. If you enjoyed today's discussion, consider sharing and subscribing to TechCo Talks.